<clears throat> can you can you state your name and age for the record? My name is Tiara, and I'm 25. We need your first and last name. My first. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> My name is Tiara Beckles, and I'm 25. Okay. Do you know what this is in front of me? Yes, I do. And I haven't seen it in a while because I haven't written anything in a long time. Um, but it's the poem that, well, you asked me to write something. I can't remember how the conversation went. But you knew that I liked to write, and you were like, all right, write something. It's for a project. So I, when you asked me, I remember we had, like, conversations about, like, go, like running into, like, writer's block or, like, mm -hmm. when you hit, like, a creative, like, standstill and you're, like, not doing the things you're passionate about. So when you asked me, I was like, all right, what, like, what am I going to write about? And I can't remember, like, what the source of inspiration was or, like, what... I even started thinking about, I feel like maybe it was Kendrick Lamar. Like maybe I was listening to DNA by Kendrick Lamar. I felt it too. I, really <laughs> I think I was listening to that and I really like conceptually was like, wait, this is really dope. So then, um, yeah, then I just wrote this. Why don't, why haven't you really uh, written? Yeah. You saw me I struggle. Know. I was like, uh, maybe I should go um, back to school. I feel like, I feel like for a while, like writing, was like very like it was like a passionate thing that I did it was something that I enjoyed mm -hmm. and then like I feel like within the past two years there's been like a rise of like poetry or like Instagram poetry okay. like R.H. Sin and what's that other there's another writer which I think that she's good but people always like make jokes about how like dense her writing is so, so. I can't remember who it is but she um Rupi Rupi I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she has books and she goes on tour, like mm -hmm. does speaking engagements and all of that. But like, I feel like on Instagram, there was just a huge like wave of like popcorn poetry. And it just kind of killed my vibe a little bit because I feel like, I mean, tied into social media, like you're using social media, then you see like all these like poems and then all these people are like, oh, I'm a writer, I'm this and I'm that. It just kind of was like, well, I don't write things like this or like this is not satisfying to me. So it kind of just left me in a place of like, well, then what do I write? And then like, what do people want to hear? So I feel like I had to decide like why I wanted to write and like who I was doing it for and to find what I wanted to write about. I also feel like sometimes poetry is like, like all the poets that we see, R.H. Sin specifically, he's always writing about like the heartbreak of women and like <laughs> women are so heartbroken and it's like, oh, That's my bad. it's like this whole like, <laughs> literally like Drake, like Drake, it's like watered down Drake. And, <laughs> and I just, and I went through that too, like, all right, well, let me write about some things I've experienced. And I just didn't really like how that felt. It didn't feel like affirming or like, good afterwards so I was just kind of like I want to circle back and like what's inspiring me to write and I didn't really want to like write from a, pl a place of pain it just felt no it doesn't <laughs> I keep laughing because I'm like, why are you laughing no, it I just, just didn't feel like authentic to me it felt it just it felt weird I didn't enjoy like the personal feedback that like I was giving myself so I was just like all right I'm not writing this anymore so then I just had to take a break I'm laughing because I can relate, and that's that's why I'm cracking up because I'm like, <laughs> finally someone who gets it. 
Exactly. And it's like on social media, you constantly see it all the time. And then also, like, I would write things and post it on social media. And then I wasn't trying to be, like, an Instagram poet. poet. But people would repost my stuff. So I wouldn't tag my name or be, like, sign my name at the end. But people would repost my stuff, and then they wouldn't give me credit for it. Like... They would cry. Oh, they would cry. Yeah, so I I didn't tag myself. So like they would either share it in their story or they would take a screenshot. Like before you could share like from a person's page, they would take a screenshot and then like cut my name out or repost it to their, to their page and like cut my name out. Or one time a blog that's actually really like popping right now during its earlier stages reposted something that I wrote on their Instagram page. And did not tag me, like literally cropped my whole name out. So I just was like, nah, like I don't want to share anything <laughs> on Instagram nah. because I was just, I was taking that mad personally. Like it was stuff that I was writing. I was posting it because I wanted to post it. And then people were constantly like cropping it out, reposting it for their own use. And if I would say something, it was like, oh, I didn't know you wrote that. Or like, what? oh, it's not even... It's not even like that. I would never steal. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. But that was just kind of like a buzzkill also. You know what I was thinking about on my way here? What? How you taught me how to use um, Instagram. I did? How? Not like, obviously I knew how to use Instagram, but Uh I remember you was putting me on. You was like, oh, um, this is how you get your followers up. And this (laughs) is how you... Like da, 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 in da. college, yes, but this was like early on when we first got like there. when we first got to Oz, and you were like, Yeah, this is how, like, you see, you and I was just like, Okay, and then I did it, and my <laughs> like Instagram a whole got science lit. behind yes. it, yeah, that is true. <laughs> and like now, I'm just kind of like, It's like Instagram is cool, but I don't really care about it it's like that, fun. it's not fun anymore, and now I feel like the end all be all to Instagram is like being an influencer, like getting sponsorships. Like it's like basically marketing. And now everybody is shooting to do that. It's exactly. like the Wild West. To exactly. Get and lit. that's like that's not fun that's not fun to me. And it's just like it's I feel like it's very like like cookie cutter and mm-hmm. like, oh, you have to fit in this box. And like if you are a writer, there's people that like Alex L and so many writers that I do follow that I, like, to this day, I've been following them for years. And I'm like, okay, their their Instagram and, like, how they market themselves and their sponsorships are very, like, authentic to who they are, but that's not always the case. And it's very hard to, like, brand yourself because I feel like with certain people it just happens by an accident. And when yeah. you're trying to, like, brand yourself, it oh just reads as, it's just uncomfortable. Like, and I don't want to do that. It's you like you have to be try that to. Person, like, yeah. Look at me. I'm a brand. This is what I do. Exactly. You just want to be authentic. You, exactly. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Somebody gets it. Can I tell <laughs> I understand. It's, I relate. It's, it's nasty out there. Exactly. It's just, it just, like, takes over your life. And then you're sitting there planning, like, what you want to, to be post. seen like on Instagram and how you want to promote yourself and like everything has to be connected. And that's just not how, I don't want to use Instagram that way. So restore the feeling. I feel like there's still people who use it. Yeah, and, and are authentic about it. That's true. Restore the feeling. It's... <sighs> I suppose. I'm just right now, I'm just kind of like, how do I want to express myself? So I guess in the starting stages i'm doing that personally like all the personal work of like how can i be my most authentic self and then i 
express that in different ways. So whether maybe like Instagram or like if people see me one on one, but I just I feel like my focus is kind of I don't really care about those like extra things of like validation because I feel like that's what it really comes down to. Like, yeah, you may be expressing yourself, but it gets to a point where you're doing it because you want to be validated. Mm. Like you want people to believe you're good at something. You want people to like read what you wrote. You want people to look at your pictures. There's like a whole bunch of like validating factors in that. And that's not really a space that I want to live in. Like, I feel like it's more, I don't want to say important, but I guess we'll just go with that. Like, it's more important for me, like, on how I make people feel, whether that's on Instagram or not, on Twitter or not. Like, it's just about, like, the energy that I'm bringing to people. So in every single interaction I have with someone, if I'm my authentic self, like, it doesn't mean that we have to have a deep-ass conversation every time we speak or, like... I need to talk about myself and like what I'm doing and like the new self journey I'm on and like what I've, um, what I've like envisioned for myself or like what I'm manifesting, quote unquote. <laughs> but I want to be my authentic self in all of my interactions, and I want people to remember me for that. Like I want people to, when you think about me, like oh yeah, Tara made me feel X X way or like. I remember this conversation we had and it made me feel like X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Mm. I would rather just focus on that. Like that's more important for me than focusing on like being validated in the world and like in social media. Have you found your voice sort of like as a writer, as a creative? Like do you know who that authentic self is? I feel like, to be honest, there's times where I'm like, this is my voice. This is authentically, like, who I am. Like, this is what I'm living for right now. And, you know, like, you can go down the list and say, like, this is who I am right now. This feels right. This feels like I'm being my true self. But then I feel like you go through cycles of life where, like, that voice changes. So you may, like, there's been, like, if you knew me in college, like, I can honestly say, like, I wasn't the nicest person in college. And a lot of people probably, like, (laughs) I wasn't the nicest person in college. And a lot of people probably, like, if you worked with me, I wasn't the easiest person to work with. Like, Black Student Union, I wasn't the easiest person to work with. We we weren't on BSU at the same time, right? No. No, we weren't. I can't remember if we were on BSU at the same time, but I wasn't the easiest person to work with. Like I was very like opinionated and like if I didn't like something or if I didn't want something to be one way, like I'm very okay with like disagreeing with people. And I've been like defensive in doing that. So it's been, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're defensive, it's like the way that you express it. And if you're defensive and you constantly feel like you need to be like combative with people to get your point across, then that's when it's like, you know what I mean? That's when it gets weird. <laughs> I only remember I only remember one year you were mean to me, and that might have been the year. It could have been. Probably, yeah, like my last two years. Yeah. And there was other things that played into that, but like like creatively or like my voice or who I thought I was in that moment are very different than now. Like if I have a problem or issue with someone, the way that I would have expressed it then is like different now. How I express like my emotions if I'm upset or like if I need to get something out is very different than what it would have been now. So I feel like your voice is something that's like constantly changing. I believe it should never be the same. I think there's core values 
that may like evolve, but I think it always changes. You know what I've I've been realizing recently, just that it's gonna be a constant change, and I guess not to fight it. Mm-hmm. Like I would fight it for so long, like ah, this changed yeah. so much. But now it's just just let it happen. Yeah, and accept whatever this phases whatever the stages and just exactly be the best self you can be in this moment exactly because when you fight it it's just like it's an uncomfortable space like you can be end up like feeling super depressed or it's like I'm not the same person I was two years ago like literally for a couple of months like recently I was like nah like I'm not the same person like I don't look the same I don't dress the same like I don't do anything like how I used to do and it felt like very uncomfortable because I'm like I feel like a totally different person who and, am I yeah like who am I and if you met me like two years ago versus now it's like how do you see me like do you think I'm different like just all these like very like self-conscious beliefs because you're constantly changing and like when either you're not grounded to experience like the transition of the change so you kind of just like wake up one day and it's like how like how did we get here or you're fighting it and then you're kind of just like going against the waves and then you end up like either you're upset or you're lashing out at people or you're depressed and you feel like super uncomfortable with yourself so if you can be aware of the change like you said and just be like okay with experiencing it like it happens Cause bad vibes, <laughs> bad vibes. Exactly, if you don't. and you don't want to be the bad vibe. Yes. Oh my God. You don't want to be the bad vibe, have but everybody ever, is. That's what I was gonna say. How do? What, what, have I've I ever been, been a bad vibe? Yeah. Like I know I've been a bad vibe. Mm-hmm. Like just the energy I'm giving off is just nasty. Like what am I doing? Yep. And then I'll look back on it. And say like, why was I? Why was yeah. I that way today? Why was yeah. that? What, oh my God. Yes, I mean, I feel like everybody has had those experiences, but I think being able to acknowledge it, like, yeah, actually, like, wasn't the best person that day. Like, wasn't the best person to that person. Like, it definitely could have, you know, done things differently. Like, been a better person, made better decisions. If you can acknowledge it, it's like. I've I think all also, you can do is acknowledge it. Some people won't acknowledge it. Exactly. And, and everybody's, they're the victim all the time. Everybody wanna, else is. I want to practice that same stubbornness, but I know I can't. Exactly, because you already know better. Yeah, and yeah. you're only going to slow yourself up if you move like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's part of life just accepting that responsibility. Yep, yep. Are you ready? To- Am I ready to read the poem? Yeah. Are you going to sing it? Are you going to... I'm definitely not singing this. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like, nice try. I'm definitely not singing this. Sometimes, like, in the classroom, we'll, like, play music, like, old R&B and stuff, whatever. And, like, sometimes I'll just be singing along, like, as I'm, like, checking work or whatever. And And kids are like... It was, like, a joke at first, like, at the beginning of the year, like, oh, Miss Beckles has a hidden talent. Nah, and like only my only my homeroom would be like they would go around telling the other classes like oh she has a hidden talent we're not telling anybody what it is and then my co-teachers would be like Miss Beckles has a hidden talent nah, and then you, now like it started off as a joke but now they're like oh you can really sing but yes, I I don't sing when, like, when I write I don't think about it in a melodic way really yeah I don't ever no so yep. then what do you, how do you how do you think about it. It just, 
Honestly, it's very weird. Like, so I can think of like a topic or something that I think is inspiring or literally like a one line type of thing. And then there's times where legit like a whole poem will just like come to me and like, I guess I can freestyle it, but without, I'm not like on a beat, but like I will legit like whatever thoughts I will say it and it's it's a poem. So what's the I guess when you're writing it do you, you don't have a cadence or anything that you're sort of layering it to? No, I don't have a cadence. I really just think about like like breath and like breathing while I'm writing the poem. So like that's really the only like cadence or pattern that I'm thinking about. Literally it's just like it's more of like a, an emotional type of thing. And like, I think about breathing and like emotionally how I feel in that poem. Um, but it's really just like an expression of like either what I'm feeling or some like a thought or something that came to me. But I don't think about it like there's no cadence or like flow to it. But once I start writing, the flow is like I can keep going and like think about what yeah. I want to say next. I'm but there's no, a, there's no like melody. Okay. But there's still a, at least a like, Line, line, yeah, line. yeah. And if I need the, to skip it, then I'm just like, I'll come back to. I want to hear the way you read this. I don't even read. know, honestly. I don't even know how I'm going to read it. I've never read a poem out loud in front of anyone else. I just write them. <laughs> in all your in all your years of doing this, never. Yeah, I've never read a poem to anyone. I've written them, like for my boyfriend, I've written poems and stuff, but I never read them to him. You still never, wait, so you, wait, hold on. So you've written them. Yes. You've given them to him. Yes, but I've never read him a poem. And he, like this poem he likes, and he asked me to print it out so he could, and like put it in a frame so he could put it on his desk. Mm -hmm. I still haven't done that yet. I probably should. But yeah, I've never read a poem to him or anyone. I've never like performed a poem. It's been a thought in my mind, but I've just, I've never done it. I know another question I have for you. And I what? wrote this down, I swear to God. <laughs> and I'll show you if you don't believe I wrote it down. What is it? How long, cause you literally just made me think about it. How long, do I, like, how long until you meet somebody's parents that you're dating? Like, what is... Why are you going to ask me this? Because I was writing a story. Uh-huh. And I thought about who I had coming up next on, like, people to sit with. Uh-huh. And I, I feel like I need different answers. Okay. So you said... Wait, ask me the question again? I want to make it... I want to make sure the story I'm writing is believable. And it okay. involves meeting somebody's parents. Okay, so like how long should you wait before you meet someone's parents? Well, what's the, let's, give me a range of A range time. of time? Yeah. Is this like, I feel like it depends on the relationship. Are the two characters like in a serious relationship? Do they care about each other? Not even relationship, do they care about each other? Yeah. Um, I would say, I really don't think that there's any time frame to it. I feel like, I'm thinking of like something being organic and like if two mm -hmm. people like care about each other, like things just happen. Like you just may meet the other person's friends. It's not necessarily like a plan like, okay, well, two weeks from now, like you're gonna meet my family. Mm -hmm. Next month, like I'm I'm taking you to meet my brother. Like it just happens. So I feel like if you are like in the flow of things, there really is no time period. It could be like a month later. It could be like month? two months later. This is so soon, no? Is it really? 
I it, mean, people are that serious about each other that they're meeting each other. If, parents. but it depends though. It depends. Like, if the person that you are like with when you meet that person, if that's the person that you want to be with, then it probably would. And you're like being organic about it. It probably would happen pretty quickly. But if it's somebody that you're like unsure, or maybe at first you don't really know like where it's heading. Maybe you would wait until you're in a relationship. Then it's like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. What are your plans? This is interesting. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I'm a very, like, go-with-the-flow type of person. So I don't really have a timeline for it. I just feel like it depends on how you feel about that person. And then organically, like, what's going to happen? Because I was like, so years would have been too much. Like, I think years, if years would be too years. much unless the story made sense for it. Unless there was a reason for that. I think there would have to be a reason for it to be so long. That could either be like distance, relationship, or. But years is a long time. I'm not that. It's definitely not unrealistic because I'm pretty sure there's people that are like. Yeah, that's all. I know. I definitely. I know people though, that. And I can't remember who told me this, so I can't think of like the specifics of the relationship. But I know people that have been like in a serious relationship, and they're dating. And like they're the parents of both of them never met until they got married. I I would think that's the norm. Is that is that I, the norm? I, like they had been dating forever. Like they were engaged, everything. The parents did not meet each other until a couple of months before the wedding. Well, maybe not. Like that's weird. Yeah, to what me. I would think and around were, that time, like you get engaged now. Obviously, it doesn't always have yeah. to be like that, but... But for me, I was like... I mean, at least for me, I was like, wow. Like, my person's parents and my parents would have definitely met way before. And not, like, on purpose, but it just would have happened. Like, they they would have crossed paths. Oh, you're talking about parents meeting. Yeah, like, parents of this the two good. people dating. This is good. I just had And they, the two parents, the recently. sets of parents didn't meet each other until... Like right before the wedding, they had never met each other. They'd never had like now, gone yes. over for Thanksgiving, no family Why? parties. But in my mind, now I thought we were talking about. I yes, we did start talking okay. about like a person's parents, but then yeah. I started thinking about two groups of parents yeah. meeting. Why is that happening so soon? It that doesn't have to happen soon, but like if you're about to marry someone, like you've been dating someone for like seven plus years, your your families are gonna meet. I mean, you're going, you're spending holidays and stuff with each other. No? I don't know. My family's very communal. Maybe. <laughs> look, I'm, in my mind, my I'm like, Damn. My family's mad communal, so I guess I'm just like thinking about it differently. Maybe, but I don't think there's a timeline. Maybe us guys are doing it wrong. You can't you can have everybody meet your parents, though. That's for sure. Yeah. You definitely have to be intentional. I would say that. It has to be intentional, and it can't be everybody. So if the two characters are people deeply care about each other then i've got it I've why got not it, i feel like it'll come to you in the story of yeah, when no, it's like a good time i just you wanted to see what was the most realistic mm -hmm. and i can reach and i have a little bit of leeway with my story too mm -hmm. much, so i'm gonna go for it have you it's ever tiring. seen split the movie yes yes do you know the girl from split the white the white girl Yes, but I'm not thinking. But do you know her? Have you seen her in any other movie? 
Yeah, I have. I've seen her in, um, I think she was in, there was this movie about these two like suburban girls. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yes, yes. I forget what that's called, but I just watched yes. it like two weeks ago. Yes. You did? Yes. On HBO? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, your voices sound the same. Really? Not. That's funny. Yours is like floating above hers. But wait, which one are you talking about? Are you talking about the like the, the preppy girl that was one? In Split. Okay. Yes. I have to hear her voice again. Tone. The totally tone of our voices are similar. Curves. Do you think that I could do voiceovers? Yeah. Do you think I have a voice for that? What's your range? I can do a lot of things, I feel like. You, it, it really depends on, I know um, I have a friend that she's, she's actually like trying to get her voiceover reel together. And in just the way she talks, uh -huh. her voice goes so many different places. Like her regular voice. Well, or you mean like for on her reel? No, just if, in general, like she, in real me, life. If we were having a conversation and she was sitting here with us, you would hear her voice hit a bunch of different like yeah. types of voices. Like, like I would think she's <laughs> she's playing or she's doing characters, uh -huh. but, but she's she, like that's just how she expresses. Where herself. we might raise our voices or sort of like something, her voice will hit a different yeah thing, and that's why I'm like I would love to see. Yeah, I want to try that. I just, I don't know where to start. You make a reel. You, I, I don't know how to do that. Read, you do this. Like you would just sit and you would talk into And then, it. and talk in like different voices and stuff. Yeah, but you would make sure you would be in a much quieter space. Yeah, so then, that it would like. And you sing, so I feel like you would know how to. Yeah, fluctuate my voice and stuff. I can. What's, why haven't you done this already? I don't know. It's just something. At first, I was joking when I did it because people always like either make fun of my voice or they're like, "Oh, your voice is so calm." So I was like, I wanted to start with recording like audio affirmations, and I've just been playing myself and I've been putting it off. So that's just something I need to do. And then I was thinking, um, like for here for my job, since I work at a charter school, when you're in front of kids, like we have to practice the, like teaching. And we have to practice like the flexion of our voice and like fluctuating our voice and how do you sound when you're excited and all of those things. And I was like, you know what? Like, I could probably do this and get paid for it. So <laughs> get paid more for it. Do it. So I, I need to try it. Why are you suppressing my creative desires? Yeah. Because I feel like I feel like there's this side of me that like wants to be creative and like teach yoga and like live life in that way. And then the other half of me is very like, I need to be organized and like on a regimented plan. I get it. Like I, there's like. When is your birthday? I'm a Cancer. Ah. Uh, June 29th. So there's like two yes. different. There's like two different sides of me. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's hard to find balance. You thought I was a Gemini? No, I don't. I don't usually buy into it. But you're saying things that I say, and that's why I'm like... Oh, yeah, you're a Cancer too, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's what, and I've never paid it any mind because I know other Cancers, but yeah. it's like, you're saying things that I say. But do it. Be... You have one side of it. You have the structured side, something that you can grow in. Mm -hmm. Now do... The other things. Yeah. Yeah, I have to make time. Mm. I got to be more disciplined. Well, no, I feel like... This is a hard job. You. It is. It's like one of those jobs where if you're not like, if you're not careful, you can like get sucked into just working all the time. 
and like going to work and then going home sleep and then uh, go to sleep it's like one of those jobs because when do you have to be here seven yes i have to be here at seven ten. <sighs> oh my god yeah seven, i have to be ten. here at seven ten. so i have to <laughs> i have to be here mad early and then i'm here usually i can leave work at four and then i'm also in grad school so <laughs> i just finding the time to like actually just push myself to do it i want to go to grad school but the program i want won't let me work and go they to want school. you to just go to school yeah will you live on campus i wouldn't want to live on what like, they I'm, make i'm would not you have 19 to? anymore right. no but because it would be in the city but so you would have to um you, did, you i could live on campus yeah but it's, but it's like City. why would you want to do that yeah. yeah you could literally stay at home but, but so you have to you would have to just go to school until you can get an internship that's related to the program yeah and the whole point of their program is that internship portion where it's actually you're working in the field but I don't want to do have to go to school and not work yeah just so that yeah yeah that would feel crazy but who knows though maybe it would allow you to be all in nah, I don't no know. it's I need, not for I need you the, i need you know the structure i need something to know like yeah and then to be able to like do other things at the same time yes if i want to jet across the globe yeah to I do wanna, that yeah i don't want to be able this to is this. true yeah it'd be stuck at school I know I a charter it. school in the Bronx. It used to be a strip club. And it's a school now? Yeah. The behaviors in there are probably crazy. Well, because <laughs> it's a charter school, but in my mind, I'm like, these kids will never know. Yeah, they won't. <laughs> and that's crazy. <laughs> I used to they hear won't. rumors when I was in school, like the school was this, the school was that. Uh -huh. But now I'm wondering if some of these rumors were true. Because it probably was. People like janitors and stuff, or custodians, die in schools. Like people, Wait, people what? have died in this school. Why? Wait, how? Just naturally, they've died, or like while working, they've died. And this school building is also so old. There's also in, schools that are built on in, on the cemeteries. Premises? Yes. There's Wait. also schools that are built on cemeteries. So help me understand. They'll be working. <laughs> yes. Like, this isn't late at night. Like, it's after hours. No, no, no. This is not late at night. This is, like, they're doing strenuous work. You know, like, plowing I, the snow I and stuff. It. That can increase. Like, you have a heart attack. But, so yes. in the middle of... In the basement, uh, uh, custodian passed away while working, and they found him. You know what that makes me think about? What? Boy Meets World. Boy you man. love that. <laughs> Do I? Yes. I'm like, I? I feel like you talk about this all the time, no? No. This I is mean, not like a source of, or is that Emmanuel? I love Boy Meets World, but I don't talk about it all the time. Topanga? Do I talk about Topanga all the time? Somebody talks about Topanga all the time. Is it E? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe this is like a Twitter thing that I'm thinking about. It's probably Twitter. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't have Twitter. Mr. Feeney? Is that what you're going to say? Is that no, what I was just thinking about the janitor on Boy Meets oh. World. And I was like, damn, what if he just died one day? It, it happens. It really happens. Schools have, like, creepy histories, the old buildings. I did my yoga teacher training at a school, and on the first day, she, like, basically asked permission from the, like, Native American ancestors. Not literally to them, 
but the ones that the land used to belong to them. So she like honored them. Oh, okay, okay. On okay. that day. Why was it? So it was yoga. Yes, but it was built on Native American land. Columbus Circle. Is this a yoga school or no, yoga No, no, no. It was a school. a school. Yeah, yoga in a school. So they were hosting the training inside of a, um, I think it was a middle school by Columbus Circle. And was it in a classroom? I'm trying to figure oh, out where Oh, it was they... in the gym. Yeah, it was in the gym. <laughs> it was like, was it was a, a huge, it was a huge like... school. It was a charter school also, but a huge school um, that was like very modern. And it was in the gym. How many charter schools are in the city? Quick, quick. I have no idea. Mad of them. Don't y'all know these things? Isn't there like pamphlets with? No, we don't talk about the competition. We just talk about our network. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a flex. We don't talk about the competition. We just talk about our network, which I won't even name them, but you know. Talk shit. Talk <laughs> shit. Oh my god. This is a nice school, though. Is this a good area? I don't know, Brooklyn. Mm, nah, it's not. It's not a bad area, but it's not necessarily the best. I seen the artwork on the building outside. I was like, oh, this looks oh, gentrified. Yeah. It, yeah. Maybe. This oh, street. you're talking about the um the apartment building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's new. That's gentrified. There also nobody lives mm. there. In that entire building. There's a few people, but like they need people to move in because it's in a bad location. Like uh, the three trains mad far. There's a bus on Utica, but like, and the location's not really the best. I hate living far away from a train, but I wouldn't want to live close to a train where I hear it pass by. Exactly, or there's like mad traffic, always people outside. So I just no hate taking a bus. So do I. Sometimes I have to take the bus from here to the parkway. It's the first time that I took the bus. In your life? Yes. <laughs> a New York City bus? Yes. I've never taken a New York City bus because I always felt like I wouldn't put the Metro card in correctly. So I just, I was like, nah, I'm not about to embarrass myself. Oh, so I've only taken the train until this year. But it's the same. Year. You just, well, yeah, it's a swipe and a dip, but. And that bus over there is a select bus. So you do it outside of the bus anyways. So what do you see on the. What do you mean? Like what, what is your experience like on the train or the bus on the for bus? the first time? There was mad people on it. <laughs> mad people on the bus, mad hearts, like, get off, get on. <laughs> Back door, like, <laughs> all of that. What is it like after work when everybody is just so fed up? Yeah, nobody <laughs> looks at each other. Everybody's, like, in their phone. Like, it's just, like, everybody's just, like, okay, let me get off this bus. Let me get home. That's what everybody's I, vibe. What I hate about it is I'd be, like, damn, we all – Y'all beast and they get on the <laughs> bus. Like, <laughs> literally, I always just look around. Like, okay, this is a lot, and that's exactly what pe people like. Legit, like, fight to get on the bus, fight to get on the train. And it's it's like yo, it's like not we're that all serious. we're all in this together. It's really not that serious. I don't even look. But at it's it also like mad that. cold like, outside. Yo, relax. It's I'm not gonna beast to get on the bus. Like that's exactly. Mad. I'm like, alright, I'll just wait for the next one. The train too. If it's OD packs, I'm like, I'm waiting for the next one. I already feel. I'll speak for myself. I feel so <laughs> broke on the bus. Like, I could do the train. Honestly, yeah. It's either, like, I feel broke or I feel lazy. I'm like, I could have just walked to the train. Because I only uh, take the bus to the train. The, I don't the, take anywhere else. The train else. feels hipsterish. 
Whereas the bus, the is bus like, feels like a struggle. Yes. Every time <laughs> I get on the bus, bus, I just see struggle. So I'm like, oh damn, God. this is my life. Like when I get on the bus yeah. and I see that struggle, I'm like, is this me? Like I used to take the Do bus. Do I look this way? Yeah. Like I, I get so depressed on the bus. Just like, yo, get me off. Nah, yeah. It's not inspiring at all. That's true. But yeah, then, the bus. When we fight and it's like, we already <laughs> broke. Now we beast in the beat now on this bus. <laughs> Yo, I can't. That nah. sounds like a um a curb episode, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Honestly. Do you watch that? I do. I watched it. Um honestly I can't talk about I look, I watched it. I watched it. I watch it. I'm do you like it? I'm incriminating myself. Um yes. You do? Me it's too. Good. I like Seinfeld. I, yeah, me too. And I, I like dry humor. A lot so. of people don't like Seinfeld though, and it gets me upset. Yeah, which I, I don't understand that. I don't get people who Love Curb, hate Seinfeld. That's just, it's like, you just don't, it's how could you not like both? It's It's exactly. literally the creator of Seinfeld. And then also it's the same type of humor. If not a little bit more like raunchy. And that's This season has been a little spicy. He's OD and Larry David is going off. I was so scared for him when he was in the elevator. Yeah. I was like, uh. Yo, there's so many stupid moments this season. I'm just like, what are you doing? I want to see where they take him. I want to see it too, because right now it just kind of feels like he's getting all his jokes out. Like, you could tell situations that he's just been thinking about. Well, yeah, and I like that he takes the time. Yeah. They don't rush. Atlanta does that too. Yes, they Atlanta's good. When is it coming back? Top of twenty twenty one. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I like that show. But they're gonna drop twice that year. Like they're gonna. Oh, drop. so it'll be the whole year. They won't take a break. Well, not the whole year, but they'll they'll do a string of episodes in the beginning. Pause. And then, yeah, instead and of then, making us wait all the way. Oh, until, until the next, next year. Time, oh, they'll okay. Give it to you later that year. So it'll be um, two seasons within, or the probably like whatever that. Fall. What is that season? Yeah. Yeah. The name of it. There's a name for that. Should I know that if I want to work in that? Yeah, there's a name business? for when your season takes a break. Mid-season like, like break? Mid-season break. But I feel like there's a name for shows that have a break in their recording. There's a name. It basically is. Yeah, I don't know why they're trying to say it's two separate seasons. Yeah, it's literally just a continuation. Well, whatever floats their boat. <laughs> whatever floats their boat. All right. All right, should I read this? Yes. Oh, I'm nervous. Why are you nervous? Like, there isn't going to be a flow. Just feeling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's all about the feeling. Oh, all right. Man. So these are three separate things. So which one should I read first? Whichever, however you want to start. Whatever I feel led to. Yeah. Okay, I'll do <laughs> the poem first. Let me take a sip of water. <laughs> oh, my God. ASMR. What? ASMR. Do you know Explain what? that to me. What is? Because I hear people so say ASMR, it all the time. So ASMR. Not everybody has this experience, but there's people that have like a sensitive sensory experience when they hear certain sounds. Me? Did it, was that like a thing for me? For you? Wait, Does it? <laughs> so why'd you ask that? No, I said. ASMR. I just did it to be funny because I was opening oh, a water bottle. Yeah, I, but that's what, you, what ASMR is. Just like, when you're like, yeah, like you get like you feel like a tingly sensation from here of based off of sounds. So you'll get goosebumps. You're like you'll have this whole like shiver. You know what that sound is for me? What? 
when you pull Capri Suns out of the cardboard box. Oh, like that sliding noise? It gets me so... <laughs> thinking about exactly. it makes me sick. I know you're too... Oh, you don't like it? I Oh, so it's not a shiver. It's not, it's no. The but point it, is, it, it it's supposed a, to feel good. It's supposed to feel good. It creates good. a sensation, but not a good sensation. Yeah, it's like a angry I sensation. I know exactly what you're talking about. I hear it right now. The sound that I love is like, you know, like candied apples. Okay. But like hard candy outside, like basically like a solid candy on yeah. the outside, like sugared. If you bite into that, and then chew it like the crunchy sounds, but like a glass, like a glass, like candy. That hurts. I, feel I like, oh, love those that. Hurt my teeth. Literally, that is the most soothing thing. If you just go to YouTube and watch people eat candied fruits, the sound is like it's beautiful. It's like when you step on something crunchy, like if you step on ice glass. or glass. I love that <laughs> sound. <laughs> Yo, uh, I'm, I'm just, I feel warm inside thinking about it. Okay, I'll start with a poem. So when I wrote this, the poem was, I guess, entitled Poem Unfinished. There's some strength in my DNA, but just like my hands and feet were given to me, my fears were too. Maybe my grandmother was afraid to fall in love, and that's why I'm afraid of heights. Maybe my great-grandfather's vision failed him, and that's why it took me so long to see myself. Maybe my ancestors experienced poverty, and so I had to relearn my worth. There's strength in my DNA. Just like there have been generations of uniquely shaped eyes and high cheekbones, there have been generations of joy and optimism, a line of women who squeezed lemons and made all parts of life sweet for themselves and those around them. God created me whole, or God created me to find wholeness. Either way, each day, I'm one step closer to healing the pain that sits in my DNA. Drop mic. <laughs> okay, and then the next thing I wrote were affirmations because that's just like something I'm into. Um, you are powerful. You are a wonderful creation. You are a work of art. You deserve to be celebrated. You deserve to be valued. You are worth more than you know. You have gifts the world needs. Pour into yourself so that you can feel, oh, whoa. That's not that word. <laughs> Pour into yourself so that you can fill the cups of others. And then the last thing was just a blurb. Do you want me to read it? Get your blurb on. All right. I don't, I'm like, do I even still agree with this? This is the first time that I'm reading it out loud. I didn't read it on the paper before. This is good. So looking for love. So many people are in the mood to be in love. So many people are looking for love through the screen of their phone or the lens of a camera. So many people are looking for love, for a love that is seen by others and not felt for themselves. So many people are craving to express a love that they do not even share with their own souls. So many people want love and very few of us are actually giving it. I do still agree with that. Dude. I'm like, wow. Why did you feel that's like good. maybe you wouldn't? I felt that. When I wrote it? Yeah. like No, I'm saying, why do you feel like maybe you wouldn't? Because like, I didn't. I guess the hesitation was like, I I didn't know where where I was when I wrote it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know. Because I wrote this so long ago, like all these things, mm -hmm. that I can't remember like emotionally or like in life, where was I when I wrote that? Do you remember? Oh, when did you ask me to write this? Do you remember what year it was? 
2017? Beginning of the year? Probably. Uh, beginning of 2017. That's the year. 2017 was the year after I graduated. So, like, if you were there, then you know. <laughs> if you were in Oswego, then you know. Um, but 20- Oh, look. <laughs> I thought you was talking about graduation. I thought you was being no, funny. Literally looking for love. I was like, wait, uh, yes. where, where was that going? I sat next to you at graduation. Where was that going? But no, 2017 was actually a good year. Like in terms of how I was thinking about like love and like understanding, I was in like a really good place. But when I wrote it um, or just now looking back at it, like at the title, I was like, I don't know if it was going to be something that was like positive negative or like that popcorn poetry that I said earlier like if it was going to be some like oh I felt I'm longing for a love that scoops me off of my feet (laughs) I know if it was going to be like that do you do you ever look back and see something you wrote that's negative or like what you may feel is like a negative emotion or something like that the things the notes in my phone (laughs) Like, if I write poetry or something in my phone notes, then, yeah, those are all, like, those are all, like, negative and, like, dark. But if I write something on paper, um, it's a different experience, which is, yeah, interesting. What is your process like? For writing? Yeah. Um, My process for writing is... If I'm having, like, so I like to journal and, like, process things through writing in general. So everything is not always a poem. But I notice that a lot of the things that I write, like, end up being, like, very poetic um, and, like, descriptive and, like, make, like, create an image or some type of feeling. Um, So usually it's, like, out of an experience that I've had or if I'm inspired by something, like, if there's, like, a word or something that I'm drawn to or, like, a feeling or something that like I really enjoy that I can't necessarily like put a word to, then I'll try to like write about it. But I have a billion different journals. Um, it's either like pen or pencil, writing on paper. I may start and then finish something, um, but I usually like for it to be silent. Like I don't like to write to music. I may like light a candle or something, but usually just like just me and like the paper for now. But one of my goals is to have like a space that is like designated, in, just yeah, for, like designated just for writing. That's the dream, and that like has that feeling in that space. You know what I mean? So when I go to it, it's like it's calm, it's serene, and I can just be like they're doing that. I can't write anything without writing it pen and paper first like if I had to type something or anything I can't do anything writing wise without without writing, writing it, it on, down first on paper academically I will type it <laughs> really yeah like I academically can't. but it's hard for me like I have to actually get into the groove and I have to understand it in my mind before I can write it down and then once I t- start typing it then I can just keep going really? but like poetry and like stuff for myself um I have to write it on paper I need the... Yeah, like, I need the feeling. I need to be able to, like, text structure right away. Like, I don't want to have to copy and paste and indent and all that. 
and I want to be able to, if something doesn't feel right, just circle exactly. it or move it here with an arrow or something like that. Exactly. That paper feeling. Yes, I agree. Wow, you know what's funny? What? I think about how you talked about Kendrick Lamar. Uh-huh. And one of the things that really stood out to me, sometimes I would read it backwards. So oh. from the blurb to the affirmation... Yeah. To the poem. But is that something, did you do it intentionally or not? No, I didn't. I didn't do it intentionally. Um, I remember you were like, okay, like, write something. And I was like, okay, what do I like to write? And then I, like, these were like three separate thoughts. Mm-hmm. And none of them were finished. Or at least, like, when I was writing it, I was like, okay, this feels like a good place to stop. But in my mind, I wanted to come back to it and, like, add to it. The DNA poem... I think, I feel like, no, I didn't. I just shortened it when I posted it. I think I only posted the first two stanzas. But yeah, it was three separate thoughts. But like looking at it, I'm like, it can, it could be connected. Or even reading the poem backwards. I guess you said 2017 was a good year. Have you... How have you sort of built upon that into like this place? <laughs> Until now? now? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, so 2017 was a good year for me, like personally, because I was just, that's when I was like starting to like really get to know myself. And it was like, it was intentional and there was a whole process behind it. Like, I was really taking the time to do like a bunch of self work and I remember like legit waking up and like feeling like there was like light like beaming out of my chest like just waking up like feeling so much joy um and that's like something that I'll always remember about like that year and always something that like I try to like come back to within myself but like I just experienced a level of joy that was like out of this world that really only had to do with like myself. It wasn't connected to another person, but there were other people that came into my life that year that like added to that and um, made made it special in different ways. And then fast forward into now or like from 2017 to 2018, 2019, and now it's 2020. Like that's a good amount of time. Um, and I've had a lot of experiences since then that have been like, I guess, moments where I'm trying to find the balance and like trying to re- return to certain like parts of myself, like return to that level of joy that I felt in 2017, um, trying to like create that feeling in other aspects of my life. But I've definitely had experiences that have like brought me like down and like not feeling the best. Or like experiences where I'm like, okay, this is really great and I feel really good right now. But I feel like I've experienced so many different things that right now I'm just kind of like focusing on the negative thoughts that I have. Like I just started going to therapy. The negative thoughts that I have, actually talking to another person about those thoughts. Like, okay, sometimes I think this, this feels like irrational. Like what can I do to like deal with this? actually having those conversations and just being real with myself versus not masking it, but just like trying to just like put it out and like, okay, well, I'm not even going to think about that right now. I'll move on to something else that like makes me feel better. But like actually facing those things like head on um, is just creating a space of like 
me being grounded, me coming back to myself and me finding balance and like being okay with like not always being okay, but like knowing it doesn't always have to be like that. How do you find balance? Like what are things that, that make I you do? happy? Yeah, like what are things you do that um, I've noticed like with going to therapy, um, it's something that has been like very hard for me to describe. It's not really certain activities. I've always thought and like have tried to find like, oh, I need to find the perfect job where like I can do this or I need to do this on Saturday because it's going to make me feel great. And I've realized that it's not about the activity and it never is about necessarily about what I'm doing. It's about the feeling and the energy around it. So like I could sit here in this classroom and just like be by myself. Like maybe I play a song. I may ask myself, okay, what I'm in this room right now, what can I do to like make this the best time for myself? And from there, like I may make choices to play music or like I'll drink some tea. And asking myself those questions, it's really about how I feel doing it. So there's certain things that I do that feel really great to do. But there's things that you have to do that don't feel great doing. Like, you do you always feel like going to work every day and waking up super early and like, you know, doing all of those things for other people? No, but it's about the feeling around it. So if you can create a feeling for things, so maybe if you are going to work super early, maybe it is like you have a cup of tea. Like finding the little things that are connected to a feeling that make you feel good. Um, I try to do things like that. But I'm also understanding that it's not necessarily about what you're doing or what I'm doing. It's more about the feeling around it and if I feel good doing it. And if I don't, then is it possible for me to make changes to feel good doing it? Or does the change need to be that I just don't do it at all, if that makes sense? Do you have problems telling people no? Yes. Because <laughs> I'm like, and sometimes I think about Oh, like all oh, my friends are going out and it's like, damn, you know, I want to see my friends and stuff. But, mm, I, I but at the just, same time, you don't want to. Yeah, I yep. just want to be. <laughs> how do you, what is that balance like of knowing when to say no for yourself, but then also knowing when to not be so stubborn yeah. and say yes? I think I was just having this conversation with somebody else. For me, the balance is like, why am I saying no? Some things I truly don't want to do. And there's sometimes where I'm saying no because I want to be by myself. And like solitude is fine, but then I feel like sometimes it can be like isolating if you're not intentional about what it is that you're doing. So like, for example, if you're saying no, like, oh, I just want to be inside, like I'm a homebody. Like I, I can stay inside, I don't need to go anywhere else. That's just, like, and I'm okay with that. But is that like the most healthy thing to do? Is that going to make me feel the best all the time? So there, I feel like there's a lot to say no to. And then there's some things where it's like, you have to push yourself to like, all right, you know what? I will go out for a little while. And then maybe you set boundaries like within that. So it may be like, all right, I'm only having one drink or I'm not drinking at all. Or I'm only going to stay for 30 minutes. And I feel like, that is hard. That's just as hard as saying no. Like saying yes and then also like, okay, well, I'm setting boundaries within the time because that makes a difference too on how you feel with agreeing to do things with other people. If you set the boundaries for yourself and you're aware of it, then it's like, okay, this isn't so bad. But if you don't, then that's when it feels like you didn't say no and then you went there and you did things you didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. You stayed forever and then it doesn't feel good afterwards. 
I think that's just, that's like growing up. <laughs> like, and for a while, I would fight that feeling mm -hmm. just because it's like, uh, you know, why am I setting all these new boundaries for yeah. myself when I was doing everything at excess? I don't know yeah. why I did that weird dance with it. But <laughs> now it's like enough, you know. Exactly. But I realized what I was fighting was just maturing. Evolving. Yeah, like it changes, yeah. And that's really what it is, I think, too. You remind me of a lot of people. Do I? People yes. always tell me that, too. I have one last question for you. It was a line that stood, like, really stood out to me. Okay. What is it? <laughs> I had so many questions for you, but I'm realizing that just through the natural flow of our conversation, they got answered. Wow. Look at God. <laughs> God either created me whole or God created me to find wholeness. What does that mean? Well, I... Or what, what was I thinking when I wrote it? Yeah, take me through, because that's a bar. Um, so the whole, like, inspiration behind the poem, I was thinking about, like, generational, um, like, generational things. Mm -hmm. And, like, about how much I don't know about people that came before me. And, like, wondering, like, what were they insecure about? And then also, too, in learning that, like, as we're interacting right now, there's, like, impressions and impacts, like, that we'll make on each other in this conversation. And then knowing, like, with your family, if you have an offspring, and a child, there's an insecurity that you have, it's likely that your child will also inherit that insecurity. And it could either be learned or it could also be DNA also. So, like, when I wrote this, it was after, like, researching. And a lot of it is, like, concrete things, but it's also hard to tell because humans are social, so it's hard to tell what you've learned and then literally like what's imprinted in your DNA. But in terms of like how you view yourself and things like that, like your fears, those can all be passed down to you from other people. So. That's super interesting. Wait, <laughs> that's on like, tell me more about this. Go. So yeah, like, those can all be passed down. So there may be things that you inherited mm -hmm. from, and, I, as soon as you, and said you it, don't know. About a bunch, like, exactly, but mind. then once you start thinking about it, then you start thinking about all the people that came like before you and even though you don't necessarily know them like you feel connected to that so that's kind of like the first thought that like started when i wrote this like down to like your feet and like the shapes of your toes and like the shape of your teeth like all of those things came from somebody else and like it just continued on and on so physically emotionally socially how you view yourself all of those things have been passed down so in having conversations with family i'm like okay, like, I never knew this about my grandmother, but, like, now I'm having a conversation with my mom, and she's telling me that, like, about a conversation that they had. Within that conversation, I can see, like, I literally almost went into teacher mode. I was about to be like, I can make inferences based mm -hmm. on my grandmother's perspective because of the conversation that my mom is telling me about. But literally, that's what it is. Like, you start thinking about the types of people that they were. Just because you have a, a, you have something a to different base understanding yeah. of psychology and things like exactly. that. Exactly. So that was kind of the start of me writing this. And then the song um, DNA by Kendrick Lamar, I've listened to it a bunch of times. I saw him in concert. I saw him perform it. And like that song is just like, I don't really have the words for like how imagine. crazy that oh song is, God. but like I'm going to listen to it when I leave again. But like that song, if you just stop and just I like actually break it down and listen to it. 
Like there's so many things that you'll pause and feel like super empowered about and then also be like led to like think about your own like lineage. Um, so when I got to that line of like God either created me whole or God created me to find wholeness, I stopped at God created either created me whole. I stopped there, I wrote that line first, and it was like something I thought about and I was like, okay, I know if I all the lines before are based in the thought that like I lack nothing. So like God had to have created me whole. Like there was nothing that I would have been without when I was born. Um because there is no there is no lack. It's only like inherited or learned. So in a way, like I have everything that I need. And like when you hear people talk about kids or like you as a child, it's like you have you had everything you needed. Like you're your most confident self as a child. If you're living in a healthy environment and like people love you and you all of your needs are being met, like that's the most confident you are. That's the most creative you are. And like in working with kids, I've noticed and realized that. And working with kids of like all the way down to infancy, like that's the most authentic like you will ever be. How do we keep that? Exactly. And I don't know. So when I wrote that line of like, okay, I was either created whole, there was a part of me that didn't believe that. And then um, it was something I thought about. So then when I got to the second line or God created me to find wholeness, it was like, that's the hesitation of like, if I wholly believed it, then I would have stopped at like, God created me whole. There wouldn't have been a question of like, or I was created to find wholeness. But because you grow up and you experience things and there's all these impressions being made on you, impacts and like people that you meet, then there's a question. You don't know if you were created whole or if you were created to find wholeness. It's just like a question of life. I feel like as you get older, like there's things that you're like, mm, I feel is like this, what's the truth? Like, the like it's, it's a constant, you're constantly evolving. So mm -hmm. are you ever really, full, I, I guess, are you ever really fully complete? Because exactly. you're always going to grow upon things, build upon things. Exactly. away certain things. So it's like, how? Yeah, like, how do you know? And the last, like, lastly, um, I was watching a documentary. And this, um, it was like a yoga documentary. So this was a man from, like, an Indian man. And he was basically saying how humans, like, they've, like, messed themselves up. And, like, it, each human in your experience, things go south for you when the world tells you that, like, you're something else. So you've already, like, from a child, you've already came up with these ideas about who you are. And then once you start thinking about I and, like, who I am and what I can do and what people say about you, then that's when the confusion comes and the rest of your life is just lived in question or like I have to be greater than this or I have to do this because but like prior to that if nobody ever told you like who you were and you got to decide it for yourself like would there really be a question or would you feel would you feel less than would you feel incomplete would you not feel whole probably not like you'd probably think that you had everything you needed Unless but there's like the ego, it, yeah, that gets yeah. introduced to you. Yeah. <laughs> Inception. Exactly. How do you pass this information, I guess? like As a person? Do you want, yeah, like how do you keep yourself alive so that when 
like long after you're gone when there are other people in this world or i was thinking even more specific like your family extended. oh yeah but yes on a yeah scale that's something i think about a lot How i think you... recording things is important like going back to like photo albums like handwritten notes and like having those things to pass like actually having things to pass down I think it's super important, like tangible things, but I think also, and like just in living and like in who you are, like, and for me, I kind of think about that, like really actually like actualizing, like when I have my own kids, because I feel like that's a totally different experience than when you're having a conversation with another person. Like, I just, I feel like your own kids, like you get to, I feel like this is something I'm going to have to think about once I say it. There's a lot that you get to decide, like for your kids, or yeah. how you want them to like experience and live life, and that's decisions. a that's a scary decision. Mm-hmm. It's also you have to be careful about like what you're imposing upon them. Like, what's mm-hmm. are you just like setting a guideline, or are you like okay, you have to be this way, you have to believe this. So that's why I was like, I'm gonna have to think about this. But I think that's where for me, I'm like, that's where it starts. Something tangible, and then having conversations. I think are. Like the two biggest things, authentic conversations, crying, experiencing emotions together. Yeah, I would. You know, because <laughs> at the same time, I think of things like, like the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, I know I want to give these things, like the things you just said. But then there has to be some type of like the actual the biological needs that are being met. Or Is just that what you mean? Order. Just oh, order. Structure, hierarchy. They need to. Does understand. there have to be that? I feel like it exists. It, it does exist in the world. Because then, what if they just run amok? Why would they? I don't know. Sometimes. I think that's just the scary part of like you're not in total control. Because it's like, why would they? Why would your kids be in chaos if you weren't? Maybe there needs to be conditioning is the word I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. There needs to be some conditioning. And that I feel that would happen. Like I want it well-rounded, but there still needs to be. Of like this is how how things are. Mm -hmm. Social conditioning. Uh, I just want my kids to be aware. Yeah, I want my kids. I, I want them the to know. There's nothing that I want to hide or like. Life is going to be perfect be aware for you. Of everything, mm-hmm. um, and I want them to ask questions, and I want them to be comfortable asking questions. Um, but at the same time, I need them to know I'm the law. Oh yeah, I think respect is like that's yeah. like a it's a no brainer, and I also but I also feel like. Yeah, sometimes you have to be, like, hard and stern to receive that. And then there's, like, a balance. That's something I practice with my students, which is hard. So I can't imagine what that would be like for my own kid. <laughs> do you think Will and Jada ever beat their kids? Uh, Do I think they ever? Uh, Probably. Probably. Like, I would imagine so. Maybe like, Jada maybe more like something than like Will. A light, like a light. Nothing crazy, but I definitely think they've like raised their voice and they've said things that they shouldn't have said to their kids for sure. I, I don't think I want to beat my kids. That's the thing. I don't want to beat my kid. I don't want to smack no kid on. I want to have like I would but, rather have like 
Well, of course, everything has to be age appropriate. Um, so there has to be a way that like there's consequences that are being yes, like. Yes, there needs to be consequences. There's going to be though. a consequence, but I'm not going to. It's not going to be a physical thing. But then that's my thing. Will they respect the? Because again, let's say I'm. They I'm, will if you're consistent. Will they respect the? I'm taking away your PlayStation. Yeah, I think they would. It depends on the other values you instill in them. The kids that don't respect that are kids that are like. But then that kid may need something else. So maybe it may not be like you take away the PlayStation. It has to be a different consequence. And it doesn't have to be physical. There's a million other ways that you could consequence a child. So it could be you take something away. Some kids that doesn't work for. Some kids it does. Some kids you can just look at them and they're like, all right, let me get my life together. <laughs> Some kids you got to have a million conversations with. So it really just depends on the kid because it could be anything. The science class has taken me back. <laughs> Are you triggered? <laughs> it could legit be anything. Kids are interesting people. Very interesting people. Kids are scary. I would agree with that. You can't take your eyes off them like those first. Like when they're first born? Yeah. You can't uh, let them out of your sight. Like everything is a danger to them. That's true. You probably would think that as a parent. I've also, when I worked with um, like smaller kids, I've taken kid, care of like babies that were like six weeks old. So. Okay. That was like, at first it was scary, but then after a while it's just like, you just learn what, what they like and what they need. And then they just, they just chill. They're so tiny. They are. It definitely, at first it's like, oh my God, I'm going to break them. Well, but then once you get used born. to it. I was scared to hold her. Like, she was smaller than my hand, and I was just like... What do I do? Yeah, like... Yeah, it is scary. Ay, They're ay, just ay. so, like, small and fragile. Ay, ay. But it's very sweet. It is. That just scared the crap out of me. It's very sweet. 